I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by the undisputed prank war champion, Mark Paul Gossler. Hello, Mark Paul. The Prince of Pranks. Thank you very much, Dashiell. <laughs> right, the Prince, sorry, the Prince of Pranks. How could I? I almost said heavyweight champion, but I, I didn't want to didn't want to rub you the wrong way by putting you in a weight class. So I just went undisputed. I was I was pushing flyweight in this episode. Um, <laughs> I did notice though, I think I'm hitting puberty. Uh, hmm. in these episodes, uh, you, the, both you myself, you saw the frame, <laughs> yeah, like well, you saw that happen. Well, you know, both me and, uh, Dustin are, um, are sprouting up as they say, uh, Mario was always a, you know, a, a man when he was a child. Uh, so he's right. kind of, he's, he's, I think he's plateaued already, but, uh, I see Dustin and I growing and, and, you know, voices are changing and, um, I feel like I'm a different character in this episode. Yeah. You're not the only, um. Well, it's funny you say Mario was already a man. There's certainly some other adult men attending this uh, this high school circuit <laughs> in this episode. They really uh, are. Yeah, yeah, you're growing up in front of the camera, absolutely. And the the dye job looks very even this episode, too. I'm kind of curious where we are in the, the timeline of your hair. The only way I've understood season one is Say by the Bell. Yeah, no, I noticed that, too. I, I, I noticed it because the sides of my hair were blonde as well, because usually right. I'd have that two-tone uh, you know, effect going on. Um, I noticed that too. I was like, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't mad at the hair this episode. I, you know, I, I toned down the front visor a little bit. Um, it wasn't as uh cotton candy, like, uh, you know, spun like a, a woven thing on my, my forehead. But, um, no, I was happy. I was happy with it. I just, I just noticed that I, I, there's, there's a, a bit of like a, a, aggressive teen boy, uh, you know, sort of flavor going on in this episode between myself and, and Mario. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, I'll point them out. I'll point them out when they go, but but look for, but I'll, I'll I'll tell the audience what to look for. Like, uh, aggressive yelling, uh, in the first step, in the first scene, we'll see that, um, you know, when we high five the strutting, there's some pushing in this episode between Mario and I, it's, it's just boys being boys, but I, I, I noticed it and I think I chalk it up to a bit of uh, puberty. It's like a little bit of innocence is lost in this episode that I noticed. 
Wow. Okay. Well, that yeah, is uh, pretty deep, that's, huh? That's quite the lead-in. Uh, it is also <laughs> worth noting as we talk about this episode. This is the season one finale, not of this podcast, but of the first season of Say by the Bell as it aired. Mark Paul, you you just watched a full season of your show. Unbelievable. Um, time flies, huh? Time, time. If you say so. Um, <laughs> I didn't say we're having fun. I just said it flies. <laughs> uh, yeah, sixteen episodes of this show. Uh, it, it's it's. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, Dash. It's it's it is work. I mean, it it is yeah. it is work for us. Uh, it's not something you know. I, I'm really into like the Queen's Gambit right now. I can't wait for the Crown to start. Uh, this cuts into my viewing time because I have four kids and I have a wife and I have a job uh, Monday through Friday, um, and it just cuts into my viewing. Uh, this is not the type of thing like you know. I I I I don't go. Oh, I need to catch an episode of Say by the Bell. Um, I do it because of this show. I enjoy it when I watch it, but it's not something I, I'm just getting to the, to the point of like, I don't, I, I, it's not like I'm like, I need to watch an episode of Saved by the Bell. Um, right. You're not like sneaking episodes, extra episodes. Cause you're like, I got to know what happens with these, with these kids. <laughs> no, but also, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up with it. I was, I experienced it, but I didn't, I didn't grow up watching this show. So, you know, a lot of our fans, uh, that, that listen to this podcast, um, this is near and dear to their heart. They can't wait for the reboot to, uh, to, uh, air on Peacock. Um, and they'll sit down and watch an episode and it, it just brings them back to a, a time that they loved and a show that they loved. Uh, but I didn't have that. So this show, um, you know, for, for, for me, it's, 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 it's the work that we're putting into. I enjoy it. I enjoy, uh, telling these stories to our fans, but it's not like I sit down and go, Oh, I can't wait to turn the show on. Um, but yeah, well, the minute you turn it on, the minute you turn it on and the, and the theme song kicks on and, and again, it was a different uh, theme song for Peacock and Hulu. I watch on both. Uh, Peacock had the Michael Damien version, boo. Uh, and, uh, Hulu had the, um, you know, the Scott Gale version. I, I, I think it was Scott, right? That sang yeah, it? it's Scott. Right. The good one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The good, the good one. version. Yeah. The one we, uh, the the one we recognize and love. Yeah, in this house, we only recognize one theme song to say by the bell, and it is Scott Gale's rendition. And just like that, we should probably do a summary in case you didn't watch the episode. And here it is. It's the annual prank war between Bayside and Valley, culminating in a citywide cheerleading competition. After a series of back-and-forth escalating pranks, Belding unsuccessfully tries to broker a truce with Valley's principal, leading Zach, Slater, and Screech to kidnap Valley's dog mascot— which leads Valley to kidnap Screech, dressed up as Bayside's tiger mascot, who was going to star in the new cheer Jesse created after joining the team. Valley tries to sabotage the cheer, dressed in the tiger costume, but the gang foils their plan by dumping ants down the imposter's back. The tiger itch dances its way to a Bayside victory, and Bayside also wins the prank war, the end. Now, Mark Paul, was this, did you have any recollection of, is this the series, or the season finale you shot? I know everything's out of order now, but do you remember if this was like the original season finale? No, I I, I don't. Um, like I said, and and I think I was backed up by some of my co-stars, uh, most recently Ed. We had a lot of finales and we had a lot of rap parties uh, that followed, um, but nothing ever felt like, oh, that was a season finale or, oh, that mm-hmm. was a season premiere. Um it it just it sort of was a blur, obviously, because that's what right. we base this whole podcast on. That's the premise, um, yeah, yeah, that's the premise. Uh, but uh, no, I don't, I don't think this was a season finale type show. 
Because it it kind of has some just like structure wise some season finale stuff of like Zach and Slater who were once adversaries have teamed up in this episode and things are kind of coming around and like there's a big uh, all hands in including belding moment at the end like it kind of does in a way it does tie up the season uh, you know as much as you're going to tie up a show like Saved by the Bell um, season one but interesting yeah, I was I was trying to like. I guess you could piece it together by hair would be the only way to crack the case of what was the original finale. But maybe, you know what? Maybe we'll just never know, and that's okay. Um, it's also worth noting the uh, the episode title, Save That Tiger, a play on Save the Tiger, a 1973 movie starring Jack Lemmon, who won an Academy Award for Best Actor. So there's that. <laughs> huh. uh, yeah, now, and now you know. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know until I Googled Save That Tiger and the Jack Lemmon movie popped up. Um, and we might as well just get this party started in act one and we are in the max and we're in the max. And, uh, the first 15 seconds, there is some phenomenal, uh, BG work going on and BG stands for background. Um, thank you. I thought it was blue guys. I was looking for the blue people. Uh, I thought BG meant blue guys. So thank you. Right off the bat, we see Yuri. Uh, Yuri's hair has grown, so we could also use him as mm. a as a sort of uh, you know where where the watermark is in terms of uh, where we are in the season. Yeah, um, it's it's like he had a small man bun at the beginning. He has like a full blown like an additional head of hair behind his hair in this opening shot. Yeah, and and I I'm I'm gonna throw it out there, but I have a lot of questions in this episode, so I'm I'm gonna direct them to you. Uh, I'm sure you're gonna be able to answer every single one of them. Yeah, um, probably not, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> but is this the first time a background artist gets a laugh without having a line? Because what I'm what I'm referring to is the waitress mm-hmm. looks at the tip that Yuri left behind. And kind of like looks at it with disgust and Mm. the audience, you get a little reaction from it. You get a little laugh. So I'm wondering if that's the first time uh, BG gets a laugh. Probably. I I, I would struggle to, to think of another one. I did notice that I did not like pick up on the actual mechanics of, oh, there's a, someone is getting a a laugh from not even just from their reaction. Uh, Yeah, probably. Why not? Sounds about right. Well, moving forward, and you know, as Yuri crosses to the door, there's um, uh, Dustin and, and Mario in, in a deep conversation, laughing and giggling. Uh, obviously, that's not scripted dialogue that they're uh, saying. So I, I, I'm dying to know like what they were doing or what they were talking about. Um, Yuri then passes a, uh, a background artist who's wearing like this green shirt and a black belt. I mean, I'm I'm guessing that was his wardrobe, but my God. Uh, it, 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 it just, it, it was for me, I, I rewound it so many times just watching this guy and the way he, he tries to like step down the, the stairs, that little two steps at the max. It was like, he, he was looking at a, at the, at the end of a cliff, uh, his hesitation. I, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I, uh, went back and forth looking at that. Um, and then, um, when I finally walk in, I, you'll notice that I kind of strut in. And that kind of goes to, you know, things are changing with old Zachy. Yeah. Uh, and then as I'm giving my um, my little, uh, you know, uh, what'd you say uh, towards the camera? What, what did you call it? Uh, what did I call it? I don't know. It's T-T- been, we've been doing this. TTC, talk to camera. Yes, oh, that, was, uh, from, that was from Peter Engel's, uh, Engel's book. Got it. So as I as TTC. I uh, as I uh, you know perform my TTC, uh, I could swear that background artist behind me looks like uh, Kevin McAllister's brother, Buzz. No, I'm just Buzz, out there. Buzz. Oh man, a yeah. a favorite. I I. It's funny you mentioned 
Kevin McAllister's brother, Buzz. I just watched the movie Blue Ruin this week, featuring none other than the actor who played Kevin McAllister's brother, Buzz. Well, uh, if you want it, if you're wondering what he looks like in 2013, check out Blue Ruin. It's good. He 90, looks nothing like two minutes. He looks nothing like he looked on uh, Home Alone, by the way. No, but but yet Buzz is still there. He's like in the eyes. Like you look at him instantly. I've spent so many Christmases with that guy. I would recognize him in a hurricane. It just could not be anyone else but Buzz. Um, I, I you know I, we we talked about the whole puberty thing. Uh, I believe that was a real voice crack of mine, uh, not a trope. Um, when I when I say my line to Screech uh, at at the table. Um, and yeah, we get to uh, Max's magic trick. What do you think of this magic trick with the uh, pocket knife? I got to say, Mark Paul, having Ed on the show last week was fantastic. And thank you again, Ed, for making the time. Uh, if you're out there in podcast radio land, I just, every, now every magic trick, I just picture some writer coming up with something and Ed having to like go spend all weekend figuring it out. Uh, but I thought it was fun. It actually makes sense that he uses a big sword for the to, to rip up the tissue. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed his magic trick, and I enjoyed the context of knowing how those tricks uh, came about on the show. It really adds a layer for me. And then the girls walk in. Uh, I, I Tell me if I'm wrong, but Kelly's hair, is it darker? It is. Yeah, I did notice that. For whatever they were doing to your hair, they were doing the opposite to hers. It looks, <laughs> it looks substantially darker. Uh, yeah, I did, I did clock that. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe, you know— Tiffany grew up here in California and she was an outdoor, you know, type of person. And, and I wonder mm-hmm. if uh, her hair was just getting lighter and they, they wanted it to, to remain, she, they wanted her to remain a brunette. Right. There's one blonde on this set and it's not, it's not Kelly Kapowski. And you're listening to him. Yeah, I, I sure am. Every day. I can't, I just can't get you out of my head. So I'm going to um, point out something fun here, Dashiell. I don't know please. if you noticed. I, 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 I can guarantee you did not notice. Hmm. But my friend Dustin Diamond does it twice in this episode. Uh, he sniffs his fucking finger. Whoa, that I, I did not notice. And uh, that feels graphic. There's just the way you said it. Yeah. Like, what do you, what's going on there? When does right. that happen? <laughs> All right. So we're sitting at the uh, table and I think it's around the 324 mark. Uh, but Dustin's sitting there and uh, he reaches down uh, hmm. somewhere below the table. And then when he comes up, just watch his oh, left hand. Yeah. Yeah. He takes a whiff. Yeah, he takes a whiff of something. He commits an offense right there. Yep. Hmm. Any theories? Yeah, I theorize. I theorize that that is that is just not. That's, it's that's fucking gross. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, theorize it's gross. Does any? I don't think I've ever seen anyone in the history of smells or fingers smell their finger and think. Huh. I'm happy I was around for that. Oh, <laughs> God, I think it's, it's only a it's only funny, a gross experience. The funny thing is that I mean this is this has been on for 30 years. Yeah. But you're yeah. the only one who's noticing this stuff. It took see you needed to come along and crack the case of all the weird stuff going on that that we all just it was just passing before our very eyes. Uh it also looks like Jesse, if I'm not mistaken, is also sitting backwards in her chair next to Slater. Mm-hmm. I I love that. That's so that's so fun. I did not. Uh, I, I guess she was like, eh, if, "If Mario can do it, I can do it too." Well, it, previously, where the boys are sitting at the uh, the round table, um, we all are our, our chairs are facing that way as well. We were all doing the uh, Slater, the Slater yeah, squat, it, the Slater squat. Totally, yeah, it became his <laughs> thing. But I guess everyone was doing it. It's cooler. Why not? Baseball caps are backwards. 
you know, chairs are backwards too. It's it's yeah. it's what the cool kids are doing. And it keeps your uh, junk, uh, you know, nice and dry, cool. Absolutely, it, you, know. you, you got to have dry junk in this town. Everyone knows that. That's that's day one stuff. Uh, Slater Slater might have been the originator for man spreading. I mean, he's only using one chair. I think man spreading is partially about taking up more space than you need. But I guess he is the nature of his legs. He is occupying more room than if you. Uh, yeah, you're right. He's man spreading. Um, Ed also said last week that he was juggling in this scene. Someone on Twitter pointed out the juggling is from cream for a day. So we already missed um, Ed's juggling trick where he literally and figuratively dropped the ball. Um, in case you're wondering why you didn't catch it, uh, it's because it's not in this episode. It's in cream for a day. Moving on. We're in the emergency cheerleader tryouts, which is such a fun combination of words <laughs> uh, to add emergency to it because um, someone got chicken pox. Uh, and we have the return of Rhonda. Rhonda. Rhonda's back. I love her in this. She love to see it, her. Man. She's yeah, awesome. And she, she does that like leg thing again when she exits the scene. It's like she powers, it's like she's like a like an anime character. She like powers up her run before she takes off. It's really fun. Yeah, no, I, I, I so enjoyed watching her. And again, I, I think she's brilliant in this. Yeah, she's great. Uh, and also just to keep an eye on um, jokes that get repeated in the season so far, there is a 60-year-old crossing guard doing a cartwheel which feels kind of similar to the uh, old teacher playing field hockey joke from a few episodes ago. They were kind of returning to that well of picturing an old woman doing something athletic. You know, just trying to keep these writers honest. You can't repeat those jokes. <laughs> and then the teen boys walk in. What do you think about their pranks? <laughs> pretty lame. They're pretty lame, right? Like, we put the glue on the track and we gave them helium, but now we're, like, helium's fun. That's not a prank. They they gave them a really good, fun, wacky time. And they it was all just a setup to get you guys to do the chipmunks thing. I get it. But, you know, they did, the pranks do feel lame. Like, and then when, well, I guess we're going to get to it in a second, but when you see, like, Valley's retaliation pranks, yeah, those are way, those are way better. <laughs> yeah. Like, substantially. When we sing When the Saints Go Marching In, we're off at the beginning. Uh, I, I, I blame Dustin. Hmm. You mean you're off like time-wise or all of it? Well, we start and we go, oh, when the Saints, you know, and, and uh, Dustin, I think, goes right to the when the Saints. Hmm. And, and I'm kind of like right in the middle uh, where I'm, I don't know if I'm, I can't tell if I start to do with the oh thing. Uh, the mm-hmm. only one that's really committed to that is Mario. So it's either, yeah. Uh, you know, one of one of us is screwing up, but I'm blaming Dustin or Mario. I'm not blaming myself. Yeah, why would you? It's your podcast. You don't. You have the prerogative. You can. Uh, you can blame everyone else. But I'll tell you that uh, "Send Me to My Room, Mama" gets a huge reaction from the audience. Why do you? Why do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I see, no, you, I see you smirking, but I I don't like. Do you have I, a thing? No, no, I just think it's fun. Like it. Maybe like we learned last week that um. About about uh was it Ed was in Peter Engel's office and he wanted to use like the Dustin's catchphrase like uh-huh. there's not a ton of catchphrases on Saved by the Bell but the use of Mama is like a Slater catchphrase it, it becomes like a recurring word so maybe they just were like oh the the Mama thing worked let's like keep coming back to that well it's a rich vein yeah I don't know the audience really seemed to appreciate it though. Yeah, I wonder how much I wonder how much input the the studio audience had on what became like recurring bits and characters and phrases and stuff because you had like a a live focus group uh, who was really jazzed. So I I wonder if they 
use that. I, I would imagine you would. Why not? And we do after a, you know, we learn that, yeah, they stole a banner and, um, I, you know, these are all fine. These are all, these pranks are fine and good, Mark Paul. But what Valley did to Bayside's hallway was like a prank massacre. They like set off a prank atomic bomb complete with, again, this is why you have locks on lockers. So you can't get pranked that hard. Uh, but it was, it's that one shot where Screech and uh, Slater open up their lockers. The camera is like, almost like a 3D movie is positioned to catch all of the, uh, catch all the balls for lack of better phrasing. And it is a, it's a cool, wacky, fun shot that, um, you know, very evocative of all the, the cartoon energy of Saved by the Bell. Hey, Dash, I'll have another question for you. Yeah, shoot. Where was the rest of the school when Valley was doing this? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, they, maybe they pulled a fire alarm in a, in a perfect world. Um, no, because we were, we were just, we were in the school. We were in the gym with, with you know, the Oh, the right. You were just in the gym. Right. Yeah. So you're saying, how did they like, I don't know. I mean, that, that again goes to the point of like, they were just that good. They earned the win. They were, they, they, they got in there. But where are the students? You're saying, where are like, the how students of Bayside? Like, wh- wh- why? Wh- wh- we're walking in the halls. <sighs> like, shouldn't we be in class? Like, yeah. shouldn't other kids? Where, was, where anyone? was anyone? Yeah, you're totally like, where was, where was anyone? I mean, you could imagine maybe like a crew of like 35 Valley students could get it done in two minutes if everyone had a very specific job. Uh, you know, like they had like three square feet they had to cover. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they did it or how they got in and out. And I mean, one of life's greatest mysteries. I will go to my grave wondering, Mark Paul. Hopefully not soon, but I will, I will die wondering. Now when Belden walks in, Dustin walks up to him and um, says, happy birthday from Valley. Um, did I, I took that I, note too. Yeah, I feel like he <laughs> yeah. flubbed his line, right? He did, yeah. There's a happy birthday from Valley. It's like right. very- uh, yeah. Why didn't we use another take? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I know. know. And here's the thing. I know. I know that uh, in in previous episodes, I said that we we were conservative with our takes. Um, yeah. That that doesn't mean that we didn't do multiple takes. We were just conservative with our takes when the audience was there. Right. Um, so you know, we we've discussed this in in previous episodes, but we would film in the morning uh, with no audience, and then. Um, you know, at, at night, I think our night show started maybe somewhere around five or six. Uh, and, and that's when we would have a live audience. And we tried to keep them there for no longer than two and a half hours. Um, right. You know, it, it, and we've discussed this as well. Most sitcoms can go into the late uh, hours of the evening, um, you know, trying to get these shows. But we didn't do that because obviously our, our, uh, our audience, were, they were younger. And, and uh, I think it was a Peter Engel thing too. We just didn't want to keep people sitting there. And, and you know, for comedy, um, you want to keep them fresh. You got to yeah. keep them fresh. So you keep a cold studio. Our studios right. were always freezing cold. And uh, you want to get in them in, in and out. And you have the warm-up guy uh, there to get them, you know, laughing and, and, uh, and loose. And then, uh, you know, hit them with a show and get them out. I think that's a, um, I might be wrong. I probably am. I think it was a Johnny Carson thing to keep the studio cold, that comedy can't happen when it's warm. I believe that's a, a Johnny Carson thing, but I might be wrong. What do you I know? Mean? That still applies to this day. And, and, and just to throw back to Johnny Carson, we filmed uh, at NBC. I believe this first season we were at NBC. And, uh, uh, you know, we were, we were uh, right, right next to Johnny Carson. Um, hmm. And, uh, or actually it was Jay Leno at that time. Um, right. but in the same, same space, 
and and uh, it still applies to this day because our our stages, uh, both for Saved by the Bell and Mixed Dish, um, it's freezing fucking cold, man. Yeah, even working in a <laughs> even working in offices designed for comedy, you want to you want to keep the room temperature cold. If it's too hot, comedy can't live in heat. It needs to live in the cold. I don't know how that works, but it is just a truth. So Belding comes in, he's like, this has got to stop. And we're in the Valley principal's office, which is so apparently Belding's office, just with a desk in a different position. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh, you noticed. Yeah I, yeah. I noticed that he's also in a wood panel. Like it's, if the girls' bedrooms get away with like a paint job and a couple different posters, it is, it's very, very funny that they were just like, eh, just, just slide a desk over to that wall. And all principal's offices look the same. Like, what are we doing? Uh, and we get to meet uh, Valley's principal, who is Principal Elliot Stingwell. Fun name, Stingwell. Love it. Uh, he's played by Ronnie Shell. Ronnie Shell was a uh, Ronnie Shell was an actor on a lot of TV shows. Uh, he was on the Andy Griffith Show, Charlie's Angels, Dukes of Hazard, and did a ton of voice acting uh, on cartoons, which is a theme of a lot of the principals and adults we're meeting on this season. Uh, he did cartoons like The Smurfs, another uh, Smurfs connection here. Snorks, Flintstone Kids. Fun facts from Wikipedia, or from, excuse me, from IMDb. He's also an honorary mayor of Encino. I don't know how hard it is to pull down that title, but Hmm. good on him. Uh, And he played on a softball team called The Reruns with Jack Riley and Fred Willard, which is just fun. Think of these these old comics, palling around playing softball. I like like that picture. Fred Willard. Yeah, yeah, passed away this uh, this year. Funny, funny man. Uh, he was on Franklin and Bash for a few episodes, and uh, or, yeah, for a few episodes, and uh, just again a brilliant comedic. Yeah, uh, man, beast of comedy. Absolutely. There's I've I've never if 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 smelling a finger is considered gross, then Fred Willard is always considered <laughs> hilarious. Because every time I see that guy, I just crack up and smile. He's the opposite of smelling a finger, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, speaking of smiling, um, Stingwell's laugh. I mean, yeah, holy, is so infectious. Uh, I, I was watching Dennis during this scene. I feel like he's about to break. He's uh, he's he's holding it back barely, right? Yeah. I mean, how can you not? It's like from another era. Like it, it, he is clearly a product of like the fifties and sixties kind of thing. Like it feels like a time machine of a of an entertainer dropped into the the show. Which is kind of some of the magic of some of these adults we're meeting um, as we're learning their backgrounds. But yeah, I thought he was great. And his his delivery on noisy panties. What a what a combination <laughs> of words that is. <laughs> I'll tell you. I mean, and 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 the, the the reaction that he gets from the audience like, that we talk about uh, on two to the looms. Yeah. Uh, the 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 poison ivy that was rash. I mean, he's killing. Right. He's he's slaying. He's he's, he's slaying. Yeah. He's absolutely. Yeah crushing this <laughs> he is he is truly doing good work here in this scene and i'd, I'd like to point out that uh, uh the actor who plays stan uh mark mm-hmm. clayman um uh i know mark we, we've kept in touch over the years uh <laughs> he takes that exploding book gag like a champ i replayed that a few times he does not flinch before opening up that book I mean, I I don't I don't even know how that's possible. Mm. I've done these gags before, um, recently I think, uh, and, and uh, I think there was something I did maybe on the reboot for Say by the Bell. But I find myself, you know, it's going to happen, right? Yeah, and you just instinctually like my you might close your eyes, you might. Mark takes it. I mean, it, it's it's amazing what he does. You know the uh, you know the thing with the end of Die Hard, how they how Hans falls off the building in the first Die Hard. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They told the actor, we're going to drop you on three. 
and they dropped him on too. Oh, that's so his the reaction rea- then. Yeah, so the reaction of Hans oh. falling in Die Hard is a product of not of thinking something went horribly wrong. Oh <laughs> with the stunt shit! He's doing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. There's a fun little fact. Huh? That yeah, is a fun. That, that is probably the the most f- the the fun, funnest yeah. of your facts. Yeah, and it's I think a, the it's audience the second, can agree. I think they I think they will let me know all the other facts sucked by comparison. And it's leading into the holiday season. We get some buzz. We get some diehard. We're like ramping up for Christmas. What a joy. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned flinching because I saw an actor take a gag to the face this episode who did flinch before the game. Ah, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that, right? We certainly will. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. And like that, we're in Act 2, back at the max. Um, We talked about the sort of Peter Engel edict of no baby steps. This is the epitome of no baby steps. We are just, last we saw there was going to be a truce maybe, but now now the boys are in full Vietnam camo, ready to rumble with no plan, (laughs) Uh, just sprinting out of the gate. Uh, It's a fun energy. And we get Screech, teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Screech, with the old hold a brick so I can kiss you gag, which not not the best. No, hold this brick while I assault you. Yeah, hold this brick, which also, I mean, if you're going to assault someone, which you should not do, but you probably shouldn't also give them a brick right before the assault. I mean, like, Lisa turns around and uses that thing post-haste, so that's kind of on screech for getting hit with a brick. How about the... Um- I mean, it's always fun to watch a, a white guy doing an Asian stereotype too. That's, oh, that's it's, always it's fun great. to watch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's why I have a TV is so I can see more of that. <laughs> uh, I got a big one, 65 inches. I want to I capture every bit of those horrific accents. Uh, and, and just from keeping an eye on pop culture references, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not yet a movie when this was out, still just a cartoon show. So if you're mm. wondering, we were still a year out from the live action film in 1990. Uh, certainly formative for this young man. Um, but I watched the cartoon as well. Good, good stuff. Okay, and I'm going to point out here, Dashiell, the second screech sniff. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I wish you wouldn't. I wish yep. we'd just go back to talking about Fred Willard. <laughs> it is that same hand, by the way. Oh, God. maybe he had a, I don't, I don't know, dude. That's not. And if you're following along at home, if you just want to go to it, it's, I, it's at the 1025 mark if you're watching on Hulu. 1025 mark, he, uh, he kind of sniffs the back of his hand. It's. Yep, it is what it is, as they like to say. Oh God, yeah, it, it certainly <laughs> is what it is. It's a, it's that's awful. That's that's that's, that's <sighs> bad. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the the white person doing a clunky Asian accent is worse, but that's that's still very bad. <laughs> that's still not a good thing to put on television. And uh, we're in the girls' room for for you know cheer practice uh, with these these big. It's like Jesse joining the team was just like a opportunity to to shit on her for being like a you know for being a feminist essentially for being like they should they should respect our minds and Jesse's principles take a beating in um in series which is kind of a bummer like it's always played for laughs and she's a great character um and ultimately like is right in the course of history i mean Jesse Spano is correct uh but she gets like ragged on by, like Lisa and Kelly are like we should you know we, let let's show off our bodies kind of thing and Jesse's like no 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 and it's you know it's for a big laugh so there's that uh and you know she wrote a cheer, and uh, even though it's dangerous, they're they're willing to maybe murder Screech to get it done. Okay, hold, hold up, back up here. She wrote a cheer. I get that, right? Yes. She writes this cheer. Kelly says, "Oh, this isn't that bad." Yeah. Uh, we will see the cheer later. She hands over the paper to Lisa, mm-hmm. and then Lisa says, "Oh yeah, you're right, but isn't it dangerous?" But is I, t- I took a note on that. Wow, we have we are synced up today. What, what? Yeah, I took a note on the it's line. It's a small piece of paper, right? Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you're if you if you're thinking of the same thing I am, but what could she decipher from this? What piece could she of paper? read? Yeah, right. Well, I, I, yeah, Isn't it totally. lyrics that she's reading, or is there like, is did Jesse put on that little piece of paper uh, lyrics to two songs? One that's mm-hmm. pretty shitty, and then right. we're not shitty. It's it just doesn't. It's not funny. Uh, and then the second one is we'll see. Um, and then the routine is that is that what we're getting at? Yeah, I mean, it, the the paper must have just said at which point the mascot does like a triple back flip onto his neck or so. I mean, it must have just said like um, it must have just got to the point where the mascot. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how much information could really be conveyed there. It's just funny to to get a, any piece of paper and be like, "But isn't it dangerous?" That's a <laughs> that's a funny reaction to any kind of plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but it is dangerous, and they're going to do it anyways, and they don't really care if Screech Lizard dies, which seems to be. A running theme. Well, that's of, usually uh, what you do with people who sniff their fucking fingers, right? You that do, is you true. Just, yeah, you, you don't oh, care man. what they do. That is. <laughs> and uh, we're back in Bayside High, and we get the reveal of they stole a dog. So if the last pranks were just kind of lame, although bordering on criminal, they did steal a banner. Stealing a dog is is pretty fucked up, or it's pretty, excuse me, part of my language. It's pretty messed up. Uh, you know, like. I don't know. Am I, am I alone in that? What's that dog thinking? That dog's got to be scared as hell. I once stole a dog. You stole a dog? I did. Well, give me more context, please, Mark Paul. I was dating somebody and uh, they had a dog with a roommate and then they were no longer roommates. And then, mm. you know, she felt bad for the dog because the dog was living in an apartment and it wasn't supposed to be living in an apartment. And she says, don't you agree? And I was, you know, we were, we were in that first phase of dating where you're like, yeah, uh, whatever you say, whatever you say, <laughs> you, yeah, you've taken, you, you stood no ground yet. I did you not get to stand ground. Yeah. So, uh, your old boy, Zach Morris stole a dog and, wow. um, so you real yeah. life stole a dog. I real, real life stole a dog, uh, put it in her car and then, uh, vacuumed out the car, <laughs> you know, to get rid of all the dog hair. Uh, but it was it was, pretty cl- it was pretty clear <laughs> the evidence. But it was pretty clear that we stole a damn dog. Um, and um, Wait, so I'm, I'm confused on this. Like you, you yeah. guys can cons- like 
it was the roommate's dog, but you were like, mm. this dog should not be living in this apartment. Well, it you was like a big liberated oh, here's the thing. dog. It was we liberated dog, right? It was a big dog. What kind of dog? And I'm not gonna get no, I'm not gonna give too many details because okay, people right. you know, okay. can, oh my. Okay. <laughs> it was a big right. dog. It was more than 80 pounds. <laughs> okay. Let's put it that way, right? Holy Moses. And that's the a big thing dog. is living in an apartment and it can only access the balcony. Oh, well, that's uh, this, you're you're doing the dog a favor. Yeah. I mean this dog belonged outside. Um yeah. And we, by the horse. way, we didn't, I was, you know, at this point I, I was sort of, I didn't have a house. I was kind of living at my mom's. I was living at this girl's garage, um, you know, converted place. And, and, um, so we didn't really have a place to keep this dog either. Uh, but we were, <laughs> yeah, we were liberating a dog, liberating for love, as they say, Dashel. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we it, got caught and, um, and, uh, her, the, the, the roommate's boyfriend, I remember he was a Hollywood producer of, of some things. And, uh, I, I ended up taking the dog back and having wow. to, you know, good dude, sorry, you know, I'm just, hey buddy. I'm in love. You get, you get it right. And, uh, you know, they didn't press charges or anything, but it was just, it was, it was embarrassing. Oh my um, God. But I uh, no yeah. idea. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We, I, we, uh, sometimes we talk before these episodes, we get a little heads up what we're thinking about. I really didn't know coming into this, I would find out about your adventures stealing and then also returning a dog. Yeah. A key step in dog theft, as we're going to learn in this episode, uh, you generally return them. Wow. What a bummer for that, that, that dog to be like, oh man, I thought I was free, but now I'm back on this goddamn balcony. Yeah. But listen, there, there's, uh, there's, there's, Three sides to the truth, right? I mean, there was right. my one girlfriend, yeah. then her ex-roommate, and then the truth. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, you know, wh- I, all I know is the side of my girlfriend at that time. So, right. um, yeah. I, 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 you know, you do stupid shit. I was probably, what, I was, this was later on. This was uh, when I was uh, 18, 19, somewhere around there. So, Oh, it's um, a great age to do stupid shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a, that's prime time. Yeah, yeah, prime uh, time uh, to do stupid shit. But again, I didn't. I didn't even while while I was watching this episode, I didn't go like, "Oh, I stole a dog once." It just came to me while we were doing this podcast, and that's uh, yeah. The beauty <laughs> you would of think us that would uh, stand out. <laughs> no, it didn't stand out. Listen, you would think a lot a of things don't stand out. out. I'll tell you what things yeah, that stand right. out. My <laughs> my 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 marriage to my wife. You know, the, the our wedding day, uh, yeah. the birth of my kids. Sure, those are things that stand out. I, Stealing a, lot a of dog, the, you could. Yeah, no, who needs? I mean, it'll come to you at some point. Uh, like when you, when you get your own podcast and you and, you, and you're talking mm. uh, to you know your 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 buddy, but uh, you know before then, I, I I honestly it's probably been 25 years since I I thought of that <laughs> you dog. Stole that and, dog. No, yeah, since horror. I thought of stealing a dog, I just, it's just not wasn't wasn't in my you know like it's not on my resume. Yeah. Like hey, I'm Mark Paul Gosler and I stole a dog. And I yeah, you don't have to look. Everybody makes mistakes. They don't have to define you. You can <laughs> learn from them. And you know what? You, you haven't stolen of mistakes, the dog since. Speaking of mistakes, wait till we get to yeah. the beach episodes because those were the day. I mean, we were 16. We were driving to right. Santa Monica Beach. I'll tell you, that those are going to be some stories there. We'll have to, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, digging up uh, some old bodies. I can't wait. Maybe maybe by then we can like uh, like post <laughs> up at the beach for a week and just record a bunch of episodes. Wouldn't that be fun? Do like, a, do do like a real, real method recording. Uh, that's just an excuse for me to hang out at the beach, thinly veiled, if veiled at all. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We're in the locker room, and uh, Stan and Dan Clegg, yes, they're cousins, not brothers, uh, have broken into Bayside in retaliation for the Polaroid picture uh, show. By the way, if you're gonna if you're gonna commit a crime, don't take pictures. That's like rule one. Um, but they did. You know, Zach wanted to taunt them, and uh, so Stan, who you said is played by Mark Clayman, uh, is an adult man here. <laughs> yeah. This is a like, this is not a student of anything, a student of life, but not a student of high school. This man is like, has a mortgage and kids. It's, is he's an adult man. And and going back to my, filming with, with Mark, I, I don't remember him being that much older than us. I just remember him being big, bigger than us. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, he, he had to be in his early twenties, mid twenties, I guess. If you were just hitting puberty as the credits rolled, this guy had that stuff in the rearview mirror in a big time way. He is a adult man. Uh, and a little background on uh, Mark Clayman, or Stan rather. He will be back in Saved by the Bell, but he plays a Bayside student and they never address it. He plays a student named Moose. Uh, so he will be back for some key episodes. Uh, he is also in two episodes of ALF and an executive producer on the, on the film Pursuit of Happiness, which... Uh, I found it to be interesting. Well, you know, to get to the bottom of this, I think I should just call him up and uh, we should have a conversation about his uh, his time at uh, Bayside. Mark Clayman. Yes, sir. It's been a while. Uh, it has. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing this this podcast called Zach to the Future. It, it's... Um, it, you know, we, we've gone through the entire first season. We're on episode 16, Save That Tiger, which was actually the finale of the very first season. Um, and we introduce your character, Stan, yes. with your cousin, Dan. Yes. Can you believe that we're talking about this show over 30 years later? It blows me away constantly. I mean, I thought I was Dan and my cousin was Stan. Wow. Yeah, I think I was Dan and he was Stan. But I don't remember. I think I'm pretty sure. You you do know that you were also then Moose. Moose, yes. I, that I do know. That I do know. I How is that? that but, how, wait, how did that, how did, okay, so we could just fast forward. <laughs> how did that happen? Because my co-host tells me that later in the series, you are known as Moose. Yes. But how does that, like, does nobody raise a hand and say, but wait, I was Stan or Dan? Well, the funny thing is, and I went to a different school, um, I, because I was at Valley when I was Dan Clegg, and we stole the mascot and all that. And then it's like I transferred over to that to Bayside, and then was just known as Moose. It was like I don't. It was never really fully explained. It's just uh, Peter it was so gracious, and um, 
he reached out to me and said, we'd love to have you on the show, and would you play this character, Moose? And I'm like, yeah. And he just kept trying to put me in as much as possible, and it was great. So I don't know. Yeah, nobody, nobody, people remember Moose more than they remember Dan Clegg. Or Dan Clegg. We, we're Standard not sure. Dan, I think, yeah. <laughs> and it trips me <laughs> out because people, I get, you know, I'm sure I looked, dude, I was, you know, you know, I don't know how many, 10 episodes or whatever, I don't even know. But it, it trips me out, people reaching out on social media and still to this day, 30 years ago, obviously, so I'm still getting residual checks for $5 or $15 or whatever, but, but um, you know, over social media, were you, the, you know, this or, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. And then, you know, the, the pop-up, restaurant we went to in Chicago and then and it, it, I mean just the phenomenon behind it all and in just you know just, I think it's just it's great memories for people but the fact like you said like can you believe we're talking about this and remember like people would come up to me and remember when you said this and I'm like no but if you say I said it I certainly did because I'm just it's just a trip and it's it's great and it's humbling and it's mind-blowing all at the same time. So do you remember the process of you getting this job? Because we have a question. How old were you when you when you did that when you when you played Stan or Dan Clegg? Because yeah. you are substantially I mean, you're a big guy. I always remember that about you. But looking back on the episode, you also seem like you could have been a teacher. Uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, By the way, my this is from my co-host. He wrote that question. Totally, I didn't write that. That's fine. Just to be clear. No, I was. I was 22, and you guys were all 16. And <laughs> Dustin was like 13. And that's the yeah. thing. When I first, when we did the table read, it was crazy. So... You know, look, I did a bunch of sitcoms around that time, and I would go out and speak in high schools and churches and youth groups with Billy Zapka and Doug Jones and all these, you know, the actors, and we would talk to kids, and we're coming... Wendy Hagen. Yes, Wendy, um, on and on and on. I mean, just, you know, tons of people, you know, from that time, and... Um, I was on a plane coming back from somewhere. I'm sitting next to this guy, and we start talking. He's like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm an actor. And he's like, what do you do? I'm a writer. And we start, and I tell him that we were just out, you know, talking to kids in high schools and youth groups and all this stuff. And talk on the plane, goodbye. Six, seven months later, audition for the show, get the role of, you know, Dan or Stan Clegg. And um, we're sitting at the table read, and everyone, you know, at table reads, like, oh, hey, are, did we work together here? We, you know, like, and there was a guy, and I'm, he's looking, and I go, you look familiar. He's like, you do too. And he, he was one of the writers, and he, we, he named, like, what other shows have you written for? And he named all the shows. I'm like, no, I haven't done those. I've done this, this, and this. Did you write on this? And he's like, no, couldn't put it together. We do our table read, and then... I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I, re I sat next to you on an airplane like seven months ago, coming back from this, and he's like, that's right. And so we do our table read, and I'm thinking, and all of a sudden, Peter Engel comes down. He goes, um, Mark, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, oh crap, they, they, they didn't like my table read. They think I'm too old. They think I look too old, because everyone else is 16. I look too old. They think I looked, and then he calls Don Barnhart over. And um, he goes, Don, can you come here for a second? And I'm like, oh, great. He's going to fire me, and he's just, he wants the director there to catch me when I, when I pass out because they're going to fire me because I look too old. And he just totally, the writer had gone back and told him about the story about us sitting together on the plane seven months ago, and that's when Peter just really embraced me and um, didn't fire me but then figured out a way to keep me coming back on the show.
That's amazing. Do you remember the writer's name? I don't. I don't. It wasn't Bennett Tramer, was it? No, no. Because I saw. I've seen Bennett at the um, at the pop-up restaurants after that. And it wasn't Mar- Mark Fink. Possibly. That's great. Yeah, we always. I mean, watching the show now. I mean, I didn't think of it then. I just thought you were a big dude. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like watching the show now. It's like, wow, that that there there is a definite, uh, you know, a, a jarring difference in age there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> you kind of go with it because yeah. it kind of works. <laughs> there were in that time, there were like six guys that looked like football players that could string two sentences together and make sense. And we, you know, we all kind of made a living. Cudlitz was one of them too. We all kind of made uh, at that time. Cudlitz and I played dumb jocks together on um, one of the TGIF shows, um, and that's how we met. But there was like, you know, just made a nice living and playing dumb jocks for a while. And so wait, always, Michael, Michael Cutlets tried out for Saved by the Bell? No, he, we would always go up against each other for dumb jocks. So if it was like Got a blonde hair dumb jock, he would get it. If it was a dark hair dumb jock, I would get it. And then, um, step by step, that was the show. That was the show. Step oh, by step. By step, step. Yes. That was a, that was the other TGI yeah, that was, yeah. Friday show. Um, hired two dumb jocks, a blonde and a blonde and a dark haired dumb jock. And we both got it and became friends, you know, 27 years ago. Now in, in, you know, your youth, were you a football player? Yeah. Yeah, I played. I played in high school and then played college and then went, what am I doing playing college? I played at UCSB and and uh, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to play pro and I could play a dumb jock football player on TV and make more money and not get my head bashed in. So I think I'm going to do that. Did you watch any of the episodes? Did your kids ever watch the show? Um, I watched... I watched in college, like it was, it was just a phenomenon. I mean, I was in dorms at UCSB, and people in the dorms would get around the, the dorm TV and watch, watch the show all the time. And uh, I'm trying to. My kids watched. I mean, it's crazy. My my girlfriend's 16 year old watches the original shows, and she's when I first started dating my girlfriend, she's like Moose. She like right away. I'm like what? And she's 16, and she's watching the reruns. So it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's just it's great. It's just people I think really love it and love the spirit of it. You know. Do you have any favorite memories from uh, working with us? Any any anything that uh, stuck out in your mind? You know, look, it was all a blast, and I just um, I was always jealous off the side for the curtain calls when the when the live audiences would go nuts for you guys, and they could give a crap about me. But <laughs> I was it was great. Um, there's a funny, funny story. So you know how there were regular extras because it was yeah, right? yeah, yeah all we've regular, talked about that. right. So yeah. the regular. So this kid comes up to me and he goes, "Hey man," he goes, "How do how do I break in? How do I break in?" And, I, and he, I'm like, "Well, you're you know you're a good looking kid. Do you are you?" Are you union? Are you SAG? And he goes, when I say kid, you know, like, again, I was 22, and he was probably your age, 16. And he's like, no, I'm not union. And I'm like, well, you know what I would do is um, I would get a commercial agent because they'll, they would take someone that's non-union on first, and then they'll Taft-Hartley, and you can become union. And then after union, you can get a, you know, a theatrical agent and then go from there. And he's like, oh, great, thanks. And he's like, any other tips? I go, I think, you know, just go after a commercial agent. I think you'll, that'll open doors for you. So I don't know, six, eight months after that, I'm walking through my house and I look at the TVs on and I walk by the TV and, and so people are sliding down this water slide and it's that kid. And I'm like, Oh great. He got a commercial agent. He got a commercial. That's great. About 
I don't know, a year after that, I'm walking through Blockbuster Video looking for a video to rent, and I see this cover of this Beverly Hills Ninja, if I don't even remember, cheesy movie, and then he's on the cover. I'm like, oh my gosh, he got a, he got a theatrical <laughs> agent. That's great. That's great. And about six months after that, I'm watching TV, and there's a promo for Party of Five, and I see him on the promo as a series regular, and it was Scott Wolf. I remember Scott on, on our show. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, that's pretty amazing. And then so I ran into him in town. I'm like, hey, dude, uh, remember those tips I gave you? Now, can I get a job now? <laughs> yeah, can I get a percentage? <laughs> yeah, can I get a, I'll just take a job. I'll take a gig on the show, man. It was It's great. funny about Scott because Scott, I do remember the only. The, I, I know Scott now. Yeah, you know, we're, yeah, we're friends. Yeah. But the 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 only time that I remember him being on our show was because he was the extra that was kicked off for getting, uh, you know, the audience to react every time he came on. Oh no way! Uh, on, on screen, and so you know, obviously, we, Peter and and the production couldn't have that, right, so they right. fired him. I had no. So idea. I didn't know him. I had no idea. I had no idea that uh, you know who Scott was then. Yeah. Uh, but all I, all, all I knew is that he was the extra that was really good looking yep. that was getting um, reactions from the audience. So makes you know, sense. He, he, makes he sense. had to go. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember those, those curtain calls. I forgot about that, Mark, <laughs> because going through this process, you know, it's like I watch these shows and there's things that's, that I remember. I remember the sets and, yeah. you know, where Belding's office was and where the Max was and, you know, the bathroom, the locker room where you and Screech and, your, you know, your right. cousin, uh, you know, you, you, you accost uh, Dustin in that uh, tiger suit. Yeah. Um, but the curtain calls, that's right. We used to come out at the end of the show. Yeah. And I think the first one out would be either Max or then, you know, Dennis and then the cast. Yep. And then would, 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 and and you know again this is my memory would they have you come out as well would they they would do the guests yeah they would do the guests awesome. first and then they would build up so they would do the guests first and then it was like eh, yeah you know and they would build up to the bigger guests and then then like Ed and then you know Mr. Belding and then you guys and I mean they were going freaking ballistic I got they're jumping out of their seats man it was it was great. It was just great. It was so much fun. It was just I just mean, to be clear, though. I I got the biggest reaction, though, right? Just to be clear, right? Oh, I mean, uh, absolutely. Okay, great. Like at least double. That's what I'd like to hear, Mark. <laughs> I, I, you know, w- now you can come back on the podcast. Perfect. I'm, I'm so glad that 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 triple. Really is. I meant triple. I meant triple. yes, <laughs> yes. Would you like to be a co-host? <laughs> Actually, I'm going to fire my co-host. Uh, <laughs> Because he doesn't know whether you're Stan or Dan. I'm pretty sure uh, I was Dan. I think I was Dan. I'm pretty sure. So, listen, sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, you could be Stan, Dan, or Moose. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Definitely was Moose. I'm still wearing that moniker. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. It's, it's, it's good to catch up with you. You too, man. Um, is there anything that you want to plug for the show, on the show? I'm just really happy, man. I mean, look, it, it just, it's... And genuinely, it's, you know, no bullshit that it's, it brought joy to so many people then in a time that we're at in our world and with so many things and those memories coming back with the new show and everything else. And just, you know, it just brings back some really great feelings for people. It was great then. And it's just, I think for the people that watch it then that are grown-ups now, it brings it back for them now. To, again, especially with everything that's going on in our world and our society. And for the younger generation, too, they, they were watching. I mean, with all the reruns, I'm surprised how many people watch 
still the reruns of the original shows. And to see, to see a new show like that is, it's just great. It's just good stuff, man. It's just need good energy like that, you know? And great hearing from Mark. Uh, it's also worth noting the other guy in the room who is uh, trespassing on Bayside's property, Dan, uh, played by C.W. Hemingway. And I looked him up on IMDb. This is one of his only four times acting ever. He had four total career roles. One of them is Dan Clay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And that brings us to Act 3. We're in the hallway, and there's like a weird duality of this conversation because Zach, as the friend, says, don't you guys care about Screech? And then in the same breath is like, if he's not here, we're going we're gonna to lose the prank war. <laughs> like, I don't think Zach cares too much about Screech. I don't think anybody does. It seems Nobody like does, just, because Jesse yeah. says too. She's like, but we're, you, all you think about is a prank war. What about our cheer? What about our contest? Yeah, it's like, what are you guys talking about? There is a kidnapped person. This is, you need to call the police, maybe the FBI if they've crossed state lines. And we get a fuzzy pink fantasy uh, where Zach is envisioning the horrors of losing the prank war. Uh, he came in dead last, but still made the podium. I don't know how that works. There's only three people competing, apparently. Hey, listen, buddy, it's my fantasy, all right? Yeah, I know, it's your fantasy Don't knock you my fantasy. There's only three <laughs> okay. of us. Yeah, sure. I, I came in dead last with three people in the contest. Right, so you're still on the podium, uh, which seems like a win, but whatever. So, now we talked a little bit about flinching. Uh, we alluded to it. You, first of all, you really take this pie to the face, and good on you. But no, the, the, flinch- the, the, the pie, I didn't, I didn't flinch with the pie. No, you didn't flinch on the pie. No, I'm not, no, no. One is, no one is saying you flinched on the pie. Okay, thank you. But when that, when, uh, you're welcome. But when that seltzer bottle pops up, whew, you're bracing for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I am dying uh, trying, to, to, trying to hold it in. Uh, and I think Mark <laughs> is as well. Uh, there, I mean, I, I you could see through the pie, whatever that is. I, I, by the way, have you ever had a pie smash in your face? You, no, have you I ever was, had any sort of dairy smash in your face? Hmm. Uh, have, have you ever licked? Have you ever licked whipped cream off a, a man or a woman? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know what hmm. you think's going on on the weekends over here. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, Dashel. You can pass on that. Because okay. I don't know if you've ever had dairy like go up your nose or around hmm. your mouth or something like like stale dairy. Yeah, the smell that that like the, the never. Oh my god! I don't know yeah. where this is coming from. I'm getting like a flashback of like <laughs> I swear to God. I, as soon as you said that, there there must have been. I think it was like in grade school there was some kind of whipped cream balloon thing or, or yeah. pie. Like there was something. It's the smell it makes when it dries. Yes. That's the thing is it, you essentially are wearing spoiled milk yes. when dairy dries. Yes, I do know the smell. Wow, that is, so if you, you're right. I guess we all forget certain things along the journey. I'm, I'm blanking where, yeah, but I, I'm f- familiar enough with that smell. Yeah. Uh, not good. No, not it's not. That, that, that's why the whole thing of like eating 
you know, whipped cream off of somebody. Like, right. I, that's a hard pass for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those I, fantasy is better than the reality situations, uh, which is like many things in life. Just be happy with what you got. You don't need to put whipped cream on stuff. You're good. They used to put like shaving cream uh, to make to make these pies, but I'm uh, I, 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 I've done this I think a few times. But I think when you get shaving cream in your eyes, it stings. Yeah. Um. So I don't remember if this was a shaving cream pie or an actual like whipped cream pie. But either way, you're wearing no good. It. It's all it's all no over good. the place, and it's all over my hair. I'm thinking. Yeah. This had to be probably done. Uh. Right at the end of the morning filming, uh, so that I would have time. Because what would happen is we'd film in the morning. We've talked about this. I film in the morning, but then we take a lunch and uh, we take a long lunch and get ready for the night show. Um, so I'm I'm thinking that this would have to be done uh, before, obviously, the night show and give me some time to 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 you know requaff that hair. Because uh, this this was definitely like a full shower shampoo. Oh my god! Yeah. Everything you got it. Yeah, that's that's a real mess. And it also just made me kind of wonder as an aside, like whatever happened to pies in the face? It seemed like they were really having a prime time moment. Nickelodeon used to love throwing pies in faces. I feel like you just you just don't see that anymore. So it's fun to see. No, well, kids yeah. like it. I mean, there's a kids yeah. game where you smash a pie in the face. It's like a a, a thing. You don't have kids. You don't you don't know I don't, about this. No. But, uh, there's a there is a game where you you, you, uh, uh, you know you get you get it's smashed like a in the face. I know what it is. Yeah. yeah, it's like you you press a button. It's like a it's basically teaching kids about gambling. It's like this is <laughs> yeah. like it's essentially one of those games where it's like, hey, yeah. you can you can be good or bad. It doesn't matter. You might just get a pie in the face. It's a lot like roulette. Uh, you know, yeah, anyone can but play. Going back to this scene, I, you're right. I am I cannot hold it together whenever uh, Mr. Stingwell uh, laughs. He's just nailing I, you. Yeah, it's, he's, it's really he's, it's really funny. He's killing us. He's killing us. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 giggling through that. Pie. Thank God there's a pie on my face because I I I broke. I mean, he broke yeah. it all the way. And it is I like the whole premise of this podcast is like you just don't remember the things you were doing in this time of your life. It is so I was I was cracking up watching that, thinking like, my God, if someone hit me in the face with a pie and sprayed me with a bottle of seltzer, I think I would record it somewhere along the way. But <laughs> but it's it's great. I I, I enjoyed it, and it's a, it's a really fun uh, fun moment in the show. Um, and we get building, you know, the the whole thing of we need help from the adult, please, please. And he calls Stingwell, and you know, they're gonna call off the 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 prank war. Uh, and he, his laugh on leaving of like, I'm going to go buy my wife some exploding flowers for her anniversary. What a joke. Just like, it is, he is, he is, talk about a one and done performance on Say by the Bell. He just crushes every line he gets. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen him back. Yeah, he, totally. He did, he crushed it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it does make you kind of wonder, like, it would have been fun to see Stingwell again. You know, there's a bunch of those along the, the run of the show, but they kept it about the kids. Uh, and back in the halls of Bayside, the mascot exchange, uh, them telling Jesse to relax. You never want to do that. Um, just across the board, heads up, fellas. Uh, telling a woman to relax, telling anyone to relax, really, often has the opposite effect, uh, but they do it anyways. And I noticed Mark Paul, when he gets that dog back, you, you tell him, hey, go walk your dog. Yeah. Sick burn. Yeah, way sick. <laughs> Super lame, man. Well, I mean, I, but there's the a lot of that, that with Zach Morris. Like, there's a lot go of it where dog, I just- Go walk your dog, dude. Go walk your dog, like, yeah. dude. He has a dog. Yeah. He's going to walk yeah. it. What yeah. the hell do you think he's going to do? Like, keep it on a balcony all day until it dies? Like some people? And then, by the way, I'll go steal it. I'll liberate yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's that's so funny you have a real life dog stealing story. I'm I'm enamored with that reality. Hey, you know, and this happened in 1990 and the dog liberation probably happened in, you know, 93, 94. Maybe I maybe this uh, you know, maybe this was uh, the catalyst for me to do yeah. it. Yeah. It definitely laid the fa- I mean whether or not you access the memory consciously, it certainly laid the foundation in your like playbook to be like, well, you know, you can always just steal a dog. Right, right? it's not a big deal, man. It worked on Saved by the Bell against Valley. People do, oh my God. People do it every day. People steal dogs every day. It's no big deal. Grow up. Uh. <laughs> um, and we find out, uh, again, Screech and his insects. He's in charge of new membership of the Insect Club. Uh, just a lot of insect stuff for Screech Powers in season one. And that brings us to the big old finish, the cheer competition in Bayside's just very sad gymnasium, we're going to see yep. from time to time. Yeah, and there and there's um, there's uh, Moose or or Stan just sitting there uh, by himself in the uh, in the bleachers. Where are the Valley students? Where are it's the so other funny, students yeah. of the other schools? There's, there, it's just the background of of our our people that that we've become accustomed to. Yeah, I, I really never noticed that ever until we've been doing these that like. When Bayside competes, there is no one from the opposing team. It is so bizarre. I guess they just they figure like, well, who needs it? We already got these extras. It's fine. One person in a Valley shirt. Who cares? And we get more like Valley girl speak in the the cheer competition. You know, certainly introducing a lot of America to the concept of Valley girls and the way they talk and that that whole thing. Uh, Screech says his ants are picnic tested. I thought that was a very fun Hold on. joke. I, I want to back up. You, 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 you said something about Valley um, and, yeah. and the and the other uh, cheer squad. Uh, <laughs> at least the Bayside cheer squad has some diversity. My mm. lord! Yeah. Did, did you did you not did you not notice? Yeah, no, I, I got it. Yeah. No, oh, okay. Looking. Yeah. I mean, that would never fly nowadays. By the way. Right. And, and it shouldn't. That's a- and, and it, that's should, a good it really should be clear. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it really should. I'm not complaining, but why? Yeah. It's just it's crazy that we didn't pick up on this 30 years ago. Yeah, I wonder if like being a Valley girl felt like it was tied to being white. Like no, no, like no, not even Valley. Girl. Look at the other cheer squad as well. Yeah, I mean Valley's cheer. Okay, so I I, I brought it up because I guess my mental image was not as crystal clear as what I'm seeing. They look. This looks like an Aryan master race meeting. This is not. Uh, <laughs> this this does feel a bit much. There it is. Yeah. yeah. So I hear you. I I do get it. It's not even just being white. It looks like five of the same exact people. And yeah, we get a. Uh, you know, this is all leading up to the, the tiger with ants down its back. Which, if you're keeping score at home, the second scheme of one season involving dumping insects down a back to make someone itch a lot. Listen, if it worked once, it's it has to work again. Yeah, go back to the well. Also, Kelly references the lyrics to their cheer are going to be the beep, ba beep, ba beep, ba beep. So, like this episode must be after Cream for a Day, right? Like the beep, oh, ba beep, yeah. ba beep. Yep, yep, I'm yep. just trying to kind of. There's clues and breadcrumbs along the way about how it all fit. It does seem like there's interlocking, connecting parts of the season. Uh, Miss Simpson and her Shakespeare class. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, so yeah, who knows how it all works out, but uh, just to keep an eye on the, the chronology. And to tie you know, my whole uh, uh, sort of theory of me and my puberty and the, the aggressive teen boy thing going on, um, I just want to point out, if you're following along, go to the, you know, the 21-minute mark and uh, watch it from there, and you can see Mario and I 
uh, sort of pushing each other around and and wrestling and and just just being boys in the background, kind of fun. Oh yeah, you like a little little roughhousing <laughs> stuff. Yeah, totally. A little roughhousing. Yeah, boys will be boys. Yeah, boys will they be sure boys. Will. Kind of kind of fun. You know, yeah, I, you know, I'm sure no one notices that, but uh, I did because I'm, I'm I'm just watching me. I know. Yeah, that's why those 15 seconds that opened the episode were so you were so clued into them because you were like, where am I? <laughs> I don't understand this. Where the hell am oh, I? Yeah. Um, and, it's you know, so we clear. can unpack that later. We'll, we'll get to the bottom of it, I'm sure. Uh, we'll bring that therapy couch to the beach for those episodes. Uh, can we talk, though, for a second about how insane it is that the ants down the back just so happen to make this person do, like, perfect backflips and, like, like it, like they, <laughs> like, how did they, how did they not, how were they not worried this would backfire and cause Bayside to lose horribly? Yeah, and and also I'm not so sure that that was uh, C W Hemingway who played Dan. I'm not so sure that that was him in that uh, hmm. in that um, tiger suit. I I don't know. I don't know if he was a gymnast. Um, I don't think so. That that happens quite a bit when we film. Uh, you know that they, they just uh, uh, they they have a an actual gymnast in the in the in the tiger suit, obviously, or in the Spider-Man right. costume. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you cut away and then you bring in the actor and then we get the, uh, the iconic freeze frame. Yeah. Yeah. The all hands in, including building freeze frame, which does feel like this is end of season one energy, like gangs all together. Zach and Slater are best buddies, even if they, you know, bump up against each other sometimes. And yeah, that's, that's a wrap on season one of Say by the Bell, but not season one of our show. So just no, know no, that no. we're coming back to uh, to do some more. And we're the, not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We got. We still got. Some, we still got some some legs on this thing. And next week we will begin season two in an episode called The Prom. And if I oversold the iconic nature of uh, what was it? God, it's all it's all meshing together. What what even? What was the one I said was iconic that that I got slammed? <laughs> <laughs> slammed on here? I don't know. Not fatal distraction. I've already forgot about the, it. The Zach tapes. Yes, the Zach tapes. Yeah. Uh, this, the prom is an iconic episode and it, it, it advances the nature of Zach and Kelly's relationship uh, and kicks off season two and it, it became a new dynamic of like, well, you'll see, Mark Paul, I don't want to spoil it. No, you just did. You just spoiled it for me. Thanks a lot, Dash. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Happy to do it. Yeah, usually, I mean, you know, you've at, you asked me, like, do you have any, uh, you know, thoughts about that? Oh, are you doing my voice? Yeah. Do my voice. Oh, that, <laughs> actually, that was you. Uh, you know that was you. Spot on. I, it's like there's two of me. What everyone asked for. <laughs> uh, but yeah, please do the homework, even though I just spoiled it majorly. And thank you, Mark Clayman, for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Mark Paul, for taking the time to watch a full season of Saved by the Bell. You're a hero. I don't use that word lightly. And thank you, the listener, for listening. We will see you in two weeks. There'll be a week break in between covering seasons one and two. A little holiday break, if you will. We'll see you then. Zack to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gossler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malangone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Schuf. Thanks to the whole team at Cadence 13 and to you for listening.